You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host, Sean Eubanks. Thanks for joining us and welcome to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Streamwise Consulting. And on our show today, we have Ben Curran of GreenBit in Washington. Ben, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So Ben Curran, uh, CEO and co-founder of GreenBits, Ben's dedicated to creating innovative, easy-to-use products that help small businesses delight customers, drive revenue, and streamline operations. After working on QuickBooks as a senior engineer, Ben started his own consulting firm, but had trouble finding an accounting program that worked the way he needed it to. This led to him to co-found Outright, which was an accounting program for freelancers and consultants. He sold Outright to GoDaddy, a billion-dollar web hosting company, four years after founding the business. Ben used his Outright proceeds to launch GreenBits in 2014, just as Washington cannabis retail stores were opening. Ben attracted top talent from his previous ventures and has since grown the retail management platform into a 20-plus person startup serving 700-plus cannabis retailers and securely processing over $1.5 billion per year. That's impressive, Ben. Uh, <laughs> well <you>. done. <laughs> Thank <So> you. <laughs> you're a father of two, husband, lifelong learner, mentor, entrepreneur. You believe that uh, you must understand why things are the way they are before you can success successfully to change them. So awesome, Ben. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Oh, wonderful. You know, it's a beautiful day here in California. And uh, yeah, things are going great. Excellent. So GreenBits is a retail management platform that helps cannabis retailers grow their business. Um, you have obviously, like we talked about, 700 cannabis retailers in eight different states. Um, what led you to be the co-founder, Ben? Um, tell me exactly what problem you were trying to solve when you founded GreenBits. Yeah, great. So in 2012, as you mentioned, I sold my last company to GoDaddy. Um, I stayed there for one year helping through the transition. Um, after, after that time period, I took some time off and eventually I was getting pretty bored uh, of not doing much. Uh, so I started kind of itching for a next venture. 
I, I look through, I, I take all these notes all the time. So I started curating my notes of different business ideas. And one of them that came up was cannabis. Um, mainly I heard that cannabis was an industry that's growing very quickly. And I, and I thought it was interesting. Um, I found the very next day that there happened to be a conference in Washington. This was uh, in February 2014, so it was right after uh, they were starting to implement licenses in, in Washington uh, for recreational uh, dispensaries. So I, I flew up and I met a bunch of dispensary owners. I met a bunch of the uh, liquor control board who managed the, the cannabis industry, uh, very software providers. And what I kind of, what I saw was, Hey, this is an industry that's that's it, I, I believed was on uh, right on the verge of booming. It had uh, pretty immature technology products. It had regulations that I've never seen ever implemented for small businesses. And at the end of the day, it's a bunch of small business owners. My background and expertise are working with small businesses on streamlining their streamlining their operations. And so to me, I was like, wow, I don't think you could have a better skill set coming into an industry. So I decided to kind of take that and say, hey, I'm going to help them tackle all of this compliance and make it so they can run their businesses so they can thrive in the long term. Okay. And did you, what was your overall assessment of point of sale systems in general? Were you able, were you able to just identify right away, look, there needs to be a happy medium between a POS and what they actually do at the retail level? Yeah. So right away, I mean, uh, because what what was happening in 2014, you know, in Colorado and in Washington, uh, they're both moving recreational. And when they did that, they introduced seed to sale tracking or traceability. Those two things are the things that like for even all the cannabis point of sales that were already in the market in 2014, that drastically shifted the way they had to work. To me, I kind of saw what that movement was going to be, and I immediately built a platform targeting that, targeting, hey, let's solve this seed to sale tracking and traceability problem that everyone's going to have, um, and ultimately trying to make it so, hey, these dispensaries can run like a normal retail store. That's ultimately what I'm always trying to think, like, how can we make it so they can run like a traditional retail store, re uh, best practices in, in a normal retail environment? Um, and our software tries to hide all the complexities that's that's baked into cannabis itself. Okay, for someone who is not familiar with Green Bits, and obviously you're all over the place, unbelievably successful, Ben. Again, I just want to congratulate you on that. I mean, incredible. You have 700 plus retail clients. Um, what is the initial challenge when you call someone or one of your team members calls someone and says, listen, I'd love to implement um, this system. What is um, what's the first step in explaining why they need green bits and how it can help them? Yeah. So in general, a lot of people have been dealing with traceability like metric or biotrack in Washington or leaf data in Nevada. They've been dealing with these systems directly. And, and what that means is that the way, the way the government looks at a dispensary's inventory is very different than a dispensary owner and employee would look at that inventory. So the government actually requires that every single day a dispensary submits all of their inventory changes to the state. So what this means is that every time they sell a product, that's an inventory change. Every time they receive product, every time they return product, every one of those movements they have to send to the state. Now that sounds, that sounds like, oh wow, that's a lot, that's quite frequent every day. But what happens is that it gets even more complex than that because the way the government looks at your inventory and the way they want it reported to them is very different than the way you, lo you look at it. And to give like a concrete example is if you're a dispensary owner, you might look on the shelf and say, I have 10 joints of OG Kush. But the government's going to look at that and say, no, you have th uh, three one gram joints uh, of OG Kush from plant A and you have seven from plant B. So they actually look at it like what plant it came off and they actually look at the weight, not 
not uh, not the units the way you look at it. So when you sell one of those joints, you have to report to the state. I sold one gram from OG Kush Plant A. Okay, that's actually what has to be reported. Or even when you purchase those from a vendor. So every day you can imagine, like if you're doing, uh, you know, traditionally in this business, you can have tw doing twenty-five to sixty thousand dollars a day in transactions. That's a lot of movement, and you have to take all of those, map them to the way the government looks at, and then submit them. Our software system 100% automates that. So if you use GreenBits, you actually never even go to the government system ever. You just use our system, and our system behind the scenes will automate all of the regulatory reporting requirements for traceability and seed to sell tracking. Incredible. So how do you build these systems, and how do you get them to talk with all of these different um platforms. You've got leaf yeah. data, you've got metric, I mean, you got state to state. How, how did you manage that? Okay. So, you know, this is kind of where I go back to saying, you know, I was looking at this industry. It's like, man, you could not have a better background for it. So part of the things I did at Intuit when I was a QuickBooks engineer was building like uh, payroll engines. So a payroll engine, if you think about running payroll, okay, everywhere you go um, and, and you cut a, 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 pay, a paycheck, it's pretty much the overall process is similar, but all the tax rules of every county and city are actually quite different. So when building that, I've actually uh, come accustomed to building software in a way where it's called like a rules engine, where you can actually take rules and embed it inside the software, and then it can actually kind of just automatically do the right thing based in the, in the right uh, environment. And that's exactly kind of how we built GreenBits, where... Uh, you know, we built a system that can automatic, that knows metric, that knows um, biotrack, that knows leaf data system, and we built those rules into the point of sale. So when we go into new states, we can actually just flip various switches on in our product, and bam, it looks like it was custom made just for Nevada. But most of that functionality is being shared across other states. So we get a lot of uh, economies of scale. Um, and get really, really, really good at these traceability systems. And then we can deliver it uh, nationally, um, which makes it very effective for us to kind of deploy the product and then to take care of our customers and have ultimately wonderful service. Wow. So you're going, this is pretty much the the bridge to the gap between what, what the state regulated system says and what the end user uses and, and the direct bridge between what your bud tenders are struggling with. And, and you're almost, it sounds like you're almost eliminating a compliance manager. Is that accurate? Yeah, so you'll see that usually compliance managers will ultimately end up just overseeing um, and, and double checking various items. So it's no longer a full time job. So if you have a dispensary now where you have a compliance manager that's going into metric every day and reconciling and uploading a CSV, and then all of a sudden that CSV, you know, fails because of a package ID isn't accurate or the weights off or the unit of measure, and they're struggling with this and searching down sales, this is exactly our, that that they would no longer do that job ever again. Um, at this point, it's really just more like, uh, hey, let's just review every day what's happening in GreenBits and just double check it. And in general, our software is 100% always in sync with the state. So any issues there happen to be like, oh, when we made a sale, we sold it under the wrong package ID, for example. And then they can kind of correct that. But in general, it turns it from a an active role where you actively have to do things all the time to a very much, hey, let's just review this every once in a while type of role. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be rejoined by Ben Curran, CEO and co-founder of GreenBit. Uh, please listen to our sponsors. But if you're a multitasker, feel free to go to greenbits.com. G-R-E-E-N-B-I-T-S dot com during the break. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. 
Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Strainwise Consulting. We've been talking to Ben Curran of Green Bits. Ben, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so for these emerging states like Florida, um, Ohio, West Virginia that are coming online, talk to us a little bit about um, how they can make the transition and why they would need um, just from day one, how it's going to make their life easier to have a company like GreenBits involved with their state regulatory system. Yeah, great. So most emerging markets uh, today, if, if they're in operation, they're used to, to having very uh, little regulation. So what that means is that instead of, uh, I've talked earlier about traceability and how every day you have to submit these uh, inventory changes to the government. And these states, they have not been doing that. So Typically, their operation, the way it's set up is, you know, they have a point of sale where it has kind of a grid and you can, you know, someone orders, you know, an OG Kush joint, you just push a button, OG joint Kush. Um, but in, in general, that will no longer work with traceability because re- when you sell that joint in the future, you actually have to tell it the exact skew. This one joint is being sold because you have to know what plant it came from. So it... it Usually what I recommend for people in emerging markets is, hey, immediately you should start getting used to barcoding your product and having your bud tenders and cashiers in the front scanning every single item. If you get into this best practice, you'll see that in the future we can actually, a point of sale like ours um, or potentially others, can actually embed in those barcodes the government tracking information. So that way when you scan items, uh, we can now report automatically uh, to the government on your behalf. So usually that's like one of the, the top tips I usually give people is say, hey, get, get used to barcoding things as they come in and having bud traders scan every single item. Once you get that done, when the, the state traceability system comes in, you'll see the workflow actually doesn't change. It's just the way you print out those barcodes change slightly. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And if, if we've got any compliance managers listening, I know we, we obviously have our nine stores here in Colorado. We're expanding across the country. Um, our compliance manager, um, she does. Uh, she wears about four or five different hats. So I know if they had a voice, 
then they would say, hey, please implement this system. We need help. Um, a lot of them aren't in position to do that. But nonetheless, you're saving the company money. Most importantly, you're staying compliant. Okay, so we've kind of covered the government side of things. And, and I know, Ben, you're an expert in, in transitioning from uh, medical into recreational programs, and you've done that all over the country. And we'll, we'll kind of touch on that in a second. But just kind of next level benefits and kind of a 30,000 foot view. Um, we've talked about compliance. Tell me how you can actually help a retailer grow their revenue. Okay. So this is this is really interesting. And one of the things I, I didn't immediately realize when getting into this industry is that you know, the government requiring all the traceability is is quite overwhelming. But one practice it does do that is quite beneficial for dispensary owners is it forces your inventory to be almost always up to date in our point of sale. So what that means is that at any given time, we could look in our point of sale inventory. And since you've been sending that to the government on a day to day basis and you've been doing regular audits, that is a very accurate, very, very accurate uh, inventory value. Um, now, what's nice about that is we can now we've built other products on top of your inventory. So that way you could actually automate marketing. You can actually start um, automate like menu publishing. And let me give you an example. So right after, you know, a dispensary uh, can can operate with traceability effectively. The very next thing is you're going to want to do is start driving revenue. So, you know, we have pretty advanced loyalty programs where you can go and you can you set those up. But what's nice is that you can take your inventory from Greenbits inventory, and you can automatically publish it to like places like Weed Maps or Leafly. Okay, so that way, literally, like if if you sell your last gram of you know of, of a particular product, our software will automatically go to Weed Maps and Leafly and disc and take that product off of the menu, so people won't be coming in uh, to to purchase those things. So this is one way of very easily taking your inventory, using it to advertise and drive business, and then it takes almost zero effort on your internal staff side uh, to upkeep that because our software will automatically do those pieces for you. Well, it sounds like you're making weed maps and Leafly more valuable because I think as a customer, there's nothing more frustrating than go than, than searching out a, a specific product, finding it there. Obviously, there are multiple layers there. The retailer's paid to have that presence, so they want a good return. The customer shows up and, and you know that product is not there. Yeah, and this is what we heard, by the way. So not only is it the labor of keeping these things up to date, because in general, dispensary has lots of products that are kind of micro batch and, and they turn through very quickly. So it's difficult to keep up to date. That's that's definitely one. But it's also, yeah, a customer's disappointment when they searched out a very particular product and they come in and you don't have it. I mean, that, that's that's not an experience you want to give your customers anytime. Yeah. So, Ben, you've got some high profile um, clients here. And I hope I'm not by bringing some of those guys up, but but Tim Cullen of Colorado Harvest has some tremendous things to say about you guys. He said, uh, you know, when he went looking for a new platform, he already had three years of operating experience. And that's important, right? Because he understands the pain. He knows what he wants to accomplish. Um, he said that it was a seamless integration into Metric, which Metric obviously is Colorado's um, state reporting system. Um, it says it saves time, reduces errors, and it's, it's a tremendous customer experience. And so... Uh, Tim goes on to say that basically, you know, you take the customer experience, for instance, you know, instead of button titters fumbling around through transactions at point of sale, Greenbit streamlines the sales experience with fully integrated barcoding uh, scanning. It's like bleep and then you're done. And he said with Greenbits, it's like going to a grocery store. Yep. And that's exactly like we even 
so we're the we're the still the only you know cannabis specific point of sale that has a dedicated cash register. This is not a, it's not a website that you go to and you're clicking through. It's really a dedicated native app that's running on a mobile device. Uh, because of that, we can do really interesting things like even offline mode. So if uh, your internet goes down, we actually can continue to make sales no problem. We have everything on the native device itself. You can just keep scanning products just like a grocery store would, and you can keep ringing those up. We hold those sales, and when the internet comes back, we'll submit all those sales to our back end, and those will go directly to the government. So those are some interesting things that we've been able to do. Um, we've also spent a lot of time on streamlining uh, the checkout process. Most dispensaries, especially when recreational marijuana starts coming in, get very, very busy. Um, so one of the top items that we worked on is how do we, as quickly as possible, make it uh, make it you know possible for someone to check out a customer extremely fast. Uh, so we are by far the the fastest to check anyone out, uh, and it's very simple. Like requires almost no uh, bud tender training at all. Like most stores that we migrate. Uh, we train about 15 minutes before the store opens to all bud tenders on how to use our point of uh, the cash register section of our point of sale. That's incredible. I love that you're helping people come along and you're anticipating what problems they're going to have before they have them. Another um, outstanding testimonial, Adam Denmark Cohen. He has Hardeen in Las Vegas, beautiful dispensaries out there. Obviously, well public publicized um, trouble in, in in Nevada in general. Uh, with the lack of demand and things like that. So um, he's a big fan of you guys. Um, it said just j just took a couple of weeks um, of, or you know versus a couple of weeks for other platforms. It took you a day to understand uh, green bits. So talking to Adam, a lot more money in Las Vegas recently when everyone else was basically shut down and you had a you had a, a void of product there. Well, yeah, and we I mean, so, I mean, ultimately taking care of customers. So we heavily focus on taking care of customers. And to give a general perspective, out of a total of 700 accounts that we've we currently have, and the total history of customer, we've lost three accounts in total. Um, and uh, in all of those three, had to do with actually uh, some very complex little hardware tweaks. So we definitely take care of our customers. In at Hardeen um, in Nevada, for example, uh, on July 1st, uh, the day before. The day before REC came out, the, the Nevada came out with these very nuanced rules on how to deal with sales tax, for example. Literally, our programmers, the day before, like we do the three different ways they may, do sale, they may come out with sales tax. We coded all three versions. And then once we knew what it was going to be the day before, we made those changes and got it out to all of our Nevada customers to make sure they were compliant from day one. And this is stuff that's happened many, many times in the past. We're highly dedicated to taking care of our customers and we'll always do what it takes. And I think this is why we get such great word of mouth and, 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 and Greenbits fans uh, that, that really love our service. It's not just the simplicity of the product. It's that we really are partners with them and we're going to do what it takes to make sure they're successful. Excellent. We do need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be rejoined by Ben Curran, CEO and co-founder of GreenBits. When we come back, we're going to talk about sale guide, a vendor scorecard, and lots of other tremendous content that you can find at greenbits.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone, gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little, your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubank, Vice President of Strainwise Consulting. We've been talking to Ben Curran of Green Bits. Ben, welcome back. Oh, thank you. So in all this time uh, of you, uh, you got 700 plus clients. You've built this a tremendous company, greenbits.com. you got 1.5 billion in transactions processing per year. Uh, tremendous. But you're also writing a book. Tell us about that. Yeah, so one interesting aspect of starting Greenbits is you know, it, it's, it's pretty rare where somebody gets to see seven or eight different markets um, switching from medical to recreational. I work with a lot of different businesses, like, you know, from Uncle Ike's, which is uh, one of the largest stores in Seattle, you know, uh, you know, so work with someone like that to very small mom and pop stores. So I, I kind of get to see, you know, different the way each state regulates um, the, the environment as you go from, um, you know, unregulated to regulated, and then the different size businesses. And so, What's happened is I've gained more and more perspectives on how to run these types of businesses, what the pros and cons of different business models are, and then in general, like the operational guide to to make sure that you can you can build a compliant business and one that thrives long term with revenue growth. So I've been working um, over the month, and uh, it'll be for a few more months on a book that's really going to be the operating guide for a dispensary owner. Um, targeting, you know, that that's operating in, in a regulated environment. And it's going to take all of the stuff that I've learned from our wonderful customers, because at the end of the day, I don't run dispensaries, I work 
very, very closely with people that run dispensaries. And what I'm doing is trying to is trying to understand their pains and solve those while well, taking all of those, putting those in, into a book and then going to give it to all those, you know, five to ten thousand dispensaries that are going to be created over the next four years. I'm going to give out that information and really make sure that they have uh, the insider knowledge of what it's going to take to build a successful business. One of the things I love about Green Bits, Ben, is that you guys are giving away a ton of content. We share the same philosophy at Streamwise Consulting. We want to give away as much information educate people to get them past the uh, the small hurdles along the way. But one is one thing, and I don't want to tip your hand. I know obviously the book's coming out, but what's the number one pain point that you see um, just in your experience um, working closely with these 700 plus retail owners? Yeah. So, you know, the, the number one item is just being able to successfully operate while remaining compliance. That is, th- it's still the number one thing that people struggle with. Um, and that, that's where, you know, we started and we've kind of cracked that code. So what we've seen is customers really start there, uh, dig in in our software on their um, operations, best practices and their standard operating procedures. Once they get that done, uh, we then immediately focus on revenue growth. And we've got a bunch of tools built there and coming out. They're going to help continue on driving revenue, revenue growth against the steep competition that, you know, most of these dispensary owners see over time. Okay, and does GreenBits provide any kind of, of safety net or anything just in case the point of sale system goes down, gets hacked, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, we we spend a lot of time on making sure uh, that our software is secure and stays up. So, so much so we're extremely transparent. You can go to greenbitsstatus.com and you could see live for the last three years everything that's ever gone wrong ever in our system. And you'll see that we remain 99.9% uptime all the time. Um, we also proactively... Uh, recruit white hat hackers um, to come and and try to crack our site, and then they, if if they're able to, they actually tell us what they did, and we we're able to proactively prevent that. So we have a service called Hacker One that literally uh, takes a you know a bunch of uh, you know of these white house hacker white hat hackers out there looking at our site, making sure that it's secure, trying to break it. And so we can react and make sure that things uh, like security breaches do not occur. Um, well, and how, does a, how does a company like yours is as big as you are already? How do you pivot and handle that if a white hat hacker, uh, say that really fast, white hat hacker, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if, if, uh, if one of these guys finds something, how do you react to it? So we just, we literally have on our team, um, like a, kind of a, a service level agreements. And one of them are breaches that white hat hackers find. We will solve them within, uh, you know, either a day or a week. Uh, so internally on our engineering team, we will drop everything to, to solve those types of issues. That's a top, top priority. Um, luckily we haven't found, uh, anything that, that major, um, but you know, we want to make sure that's always happening because you just never know when a breach can come up. So as long as you have a dedicated team and resources to trying to find those vulnerabilities before someone that's bad finds it, that's, that's essentially what we're doing. We will constantly invest there. Well, Ben, I'm impressed with green bits and I'm absolutely looking forward to recommending our clients to you, uh, when we're consulting them and getting them set up. Um, but you offer a lot of free content on your website, which I love also. Tell me about, you've got a cannabis point that's free. And then tell me, give me a couple of pointers when I'm choosing a point of sale. What's most important? Yeah, so, so some some critical things in, when choosing a point of sale, which is it, some of it, I, you know, I've touched on a lot. But, you know, to me, automation is key. So what I mean by automation is 
hey, you know, to run a dispensary these days, it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of information moving between various sites. So I, I look at it as those things should, you should, no human should be daily typing in a menu on a third party website. No human should be manually uh, uploading or tweaking CSV files. So to me, looking through, looking at a point of sale, that's just not some basic point of sale that's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can ring up sales. This is not what, what uh, dispensary owners need. They need something that can ring up sales, that can automate all their seed-to-sale uh, traceability, that can automate menu publishing, um, and, and all their, you know, their, um, and then also really you want a, a point of sale that's going to enforce your standard operating procedures and enforce uh, the correct way of, uh, of doing things. And an example of that would be like, we have a, a mode that we can run our registers where they require your bud tenders to scan a driver's license, uh, that proves someone's 21 before they can even ring up a sale. And then based on that, it will also ensure that they only dispense the correct amount. But these are examples of what dispensary owners will lose their license over. And what, what we want to do is say, hey, any, anything that you can lose your license over, let's encode it systematically and make sure that every employee in there cannot make that mistake on your behalf so you lose your license. And so um, that, that to me is, a, is something critical in a point of sale to, to look for. That's tremendous. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that the challenge most people, um, dispensaries owners, are busy running their business just like anybody else. But um, the vulnerability they have of, you know, one employee possibly costing them a lot their license is one thing but i think another hidden thing is um customer i mean excuse me employee retention right so you're making bud tenders lives easier and that in turn is going to make the dispensary owner's life easier as well yes of course yeah i mean you know bud tenders are happier so you have happier employees they're less mistakes because of complex user interfaces or complex systems you know and so they're doing their job everyone wants to so if I'm going into work every day, I want to look like a hero as much as possible. And Hopper helps them do that. All right. And you also, in the way of free content, you have a vendor scorecard, which I think is awesome. Tell me about that and how people can download that report on greenbits.com. And, and, and what are some of the helpful hints in that vendor scorecard? Yeah. So if you go, uh, yeah, if you go to greenbits.com slash resources, you'll see a bunch of our free content. Um, yeah. So you know, a vendor scorecard. I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, right? A, a vendor is is working f for you, and so if, if you want to uh, spend time, you you want to spend you know all of your time with your best vendors. Uh, so you know, a scorecard is just a way of saying, hey, make sure that you know with all your vendors and your suppliers that that you you're keeping track of, hey, who's doing the best? Who do you want to work with the best? And then push your business towards that person. You know, so like, are they on time? Um, on, during deliveries, are they when they show up with a manifest? Does the physical what is on the physical manifest? Right? Who wants to stand around counting everything and then has it all get returned and then come back to you? That's a huge waste of time. Um, I, I see the best businesses always curating who they work with, testing out new vendors, but always curating who they work with, grading them, and making sure that hey, they give them that feedback. And if those people don't step up their game, move on to another vendor. Uh, you definitely you you want to work with the best people to move fast. You've got enough things going on uh, than dealing chasing down a bunch of vendors or or, or them creating headaches uh, on top of your other headaches. I'd love to keep talking about this, Ben. We're almost out of time. I, I want to also end with this point. You you've helped since 2014. You've helped so many people, hundreds of stores make the transition um, from medical to rec. Besides compliance, what's the no uh, one number one tip you can give us? Uh, that people should be watching out for for that transition from medicinal to recreational. 
So one thing that is probably uh, not extremely obvious is I would say re-look at your store flow and your store layout. Um, a lot of people, when recreational comes along, they, you know, a medical dispensary, it's very typical. You come into a medical dispensary, there's kind of a check-in, um, and you sit in a lobby area, and then you go into the dispensary. You have to realize that most of your business, like 80% of your business is going to move to rec, and they all just show an ID, and it becomes a lot more transactional. So most people tend to think, oh, rec is coming. I'm just going to now have a lobby where people show their ID, and then they sit. The thing is, is that that having people in the lobby and waiting, it, it it prevents people from kind of browsing and starting to make buying decisions. You'll see letting people in the store and starting to browse around their ticket dollars will go, you know, the tickets go up and they're and you'll get more throughput through the store. So most dispensary owners that are really killing it with the, the move to recreational, they kind of remove some of those barriers. Um, medical gets a lot smaller. So they'll have a smaller section for medical and patient check-in. They let a lot more customers into that store and then they really turn transaction volume. So you really start moving a lot more sales. And to me, that's one thing that a lot of people miss. And I, I really say when 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 you get a recreational license, think that this is now a new it's a it's a it's the same business, but you're now targeting a different demographic and you should look what those people want and make sure you're serving them as well. Outstanding. Well, I want to invite everyone to go to greenbits.com, look up these case studies. You just have a tremendous clientele list here, all the way from Las Vegas, Aurora, Colorado Harvest Company, Altitude Dispensary in Aurora, Colorado as well, Portland as well. So uh, I want to invite people to take a look at that, read those case studies yourself. I also want to thank all of you for joining us in this edition of Blunt Business. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com, BluntBusinessRadio.com, or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio. Have an outstanding week, everyone, and we'll see you on the next edition of Blunt Business Radio. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.